0: Hi and welcome to episode 40, how to get your child to listen. Kind of like the holy grail of parenting. Many years ago, when we had six children under the age of eight, Michael and I dropped them off at my parents so we could go out for a few hours together. When we went to pick them up, my dad met us at the door and told me, I don't count. I asked him what he meant. And he explained to me that when he tells the children to do something, like stop being loud or running around or get your shoes on, he expects them to do it immediately, without question, and without counting to three or five or some other arbitrary number. One child, in particular, was a frequent offender, and apparently, when my dad was disciplining him, he said, You didn't count. I had bought into the counting-until-they-comply notion of communication. And so, without realizing it, I had trained my son to not listen to me until I reached the number five. There are important techniques to use that will overwhelmingly help you, but it is the human condition to do what you want and not do what you don't want. Our job as parents is to give our children The appropriate guardrails and tools so they can make the best decisions to learn to listen to us. Okay, here are my five tools to get your child to listen. Number one, you and your husband must get on the same page with regards to communication with your children. Because we have different personalities than our spouse and different experiences and expectations of our children, we may interact with our children differently. It's our job as loving parents to give our children a unified approach. It's just not kind to have one parent be the enforcer and the other parent be the spoiler. It's not kind to the parent and it's not kind to the child. This is something that you'll have to work through as you begin your family and as the children get older. You both have to be humble enough to hear what your spouse is saying If the communication with your children has two different approaches. It can be a source of stress for children if they don't know what is expected of them. Parents should have clear expectations for their children and the children should know what they are. For instance, if after the set time of book reading one parent says time for bed and the child says oh can we read one more book and the parent says no but the other says, yes, the child knows instantly manipulation will work and they will try it again and again for every situation. Another thing that you and your husband must be on the same page with is being respectful to your children, speaking to them with respect. You need to model it so your children will in turn respect you. Remember, children come into this world not knowing anything, just as you teach them to walk, you have to teach them how to treat each other and how to treat you and your husband. And in the privacy of your relationship with your husband, help each other if you find the other is not being respectful in tone or words to your children. Throughout our many years of parenting, Michael and I have often done this with each other. He's pointed out when my tone was not kind, and I've pointed out to him when he wasn't respectful to the kids. When he was short-tempered. It was very helpful. We both had to swallow our pride and listen to what our spouse was saying because often we don't recognize when we are being disrespectful, but our spouse does. Number two, make sure you have your child's attention before you say anything. You know, children are in their own little world. They are in a constant state of discovery, especially toddlers. One day they can push the little car, then the next day they realize that car can go down a ramp on its own. It's so important to understand that young children aren't necessarily being disrespectful in ignoring you. They're just busy doing what they want as they want it and discovering new things that occupy their attention. So rather than yelling out commands to young children, toddlers and primary grade students especially, go to them. Say their name, and if they don't look up and give you their attention, get close to them, take away whatever they're playing with, and tell them, I need you to look at me when I call your name. If this is new to them, they will probably pitch a fit. You've never done this to them, and you've disrupted a pattern. Just wait calmly, and once they've calmed down, let them know That when you call their name, they're to stop doing whatever they're doing and look at you. Then tell them what you need. Come have lunch. Please get your shoes on. It's time to clean up or whatever it is. But the key is to get their physical attention, looking at you and you at them. After you've told them what you need, they should go do it immediately Not when they feel like it, not after you've resorted to counting to 10, immediately. Not when they roll one ball down just one more time, immediately. Unless you're telling them that they will need to do something in a certain amount of minutes. And truthfully, I would only give a child a warning of action when they're at least three years old. Most children under three don't have an appreciation of time, so they don't understand five minutes. Although it is helpful to give children a warning that you'll be asking them to sit down for lunch, take a nap or get their coat on or whatever, just have them do what they need to do when you need them to do it. Again, warnings can be helpful. For instance, Johnny, I am going to be asking you to get your coat on in a little bit. Okay? Okay. And if he doesn't respond, say, did you hear me? Yes. Okay. And that way they know something is coming. And some children need to know something is coming rather than just stop right now and go do it. Number three, say what you mean and mean what you say. If you say time for bed and they don't make the move to clean up and get their pajamas on, you're teaching them that you didn't really mean it. Now, this may seem like a leap to you if you're a young mom, but if you continue this pattern... Then, when it's time to tell your teenager, no drinking at your friend's home, they know you don't really mean it. My adult son needed a ride to an appointment the other day, so I told him I'd be there at noon. When I got there, I called him to tell him I was there. He came down from his apartment pretty quickly, but apologized when he got in the car for making me wait. It was like two minutes. I said, Oh, no, you're fine. He laughed and said he doesn't think twice about being a little late for other people, but not for me. And he reminded me of the years of driving the kids to high school. I was clear that I was in the car at 720. You better be there. And that if you made me wait longer than five minutes after school without letting me know there was an issue ahead of time, I was leaving without you. I left without him one time. He had to stay until well after five when his dad came to pick him up. Mean what you say and only say what you mean. Don't threaten to take all their toys away if they don't clean up, unless you're ready to take all their toys away for a few days. And I did that too. (laughs) But don't make threats that you're not going to keep because you're teaching the children that you make threats you don't keep. And so they don't have to listen to what you say because they know you're not going to follow through. And you have to follow through. I know as a mom, you're busy with a million different things, but communication with our children, getting them into good habits of listening and responding is a skill that is worth all the effort in the early years. And the early years are really the time where you're training them. If you don't teach them your expectations when they're young, it's so much harder to teach them when they're older. But don't be hard on yourself. It's very difficult to always be consistent. It's our goal to be consistent, but we're not perfect. If we are consistent most of the time, the children will get the message and the expectations. And often, like when I had a new baby and I was just trying to survive, consistency went out the window. But that's when you and your husband sit everyone down in a family meeting, depending on the children's age, and let them know clearly that they need to up their game in listening and obeying, and you will be working hard to let them know your expectations. If we are consistent in our expectations, or at least most of the time consistent, we'll have a lot less friction with obeying. Number four, make statements, not questions. Okay, first, let me say that children up to three They're just learning. If they don't come to the table or pick up their toys, you need to help them. Not in an angry way, but help them. Go get them. Bring them to the table. Go get them. Help them pick up their toys. You are their teacher, and you and your husband need to show them how to do what you're asking them to do in a prompt way. Communicate your need in a sentence, not a question. If you say, would you like to pick up the toys now? Why would their answer be yes if they're having a great time? Even let's pick up the toys now, okay, is not helpful. Okay implies you're asking them for permission. Tell them, time to pick up the toys. You can ask them if they would like you to help them. If you get resistance, depending on your child's ability to manage emotions, you could say, Either I help you pick up the toys or you'll do it yourself. Which would you prefer? That's the type of question to ask, where you're getting them to do what they need to do, but you may give them options on how to do it. But still, they know they must do the action you've asked. Your assistance may ease the emotional response if they aren't resilient yet in managing their emotions. Number five consequences. Consequences are so interesting to me. We don't want to give our children consequences and yet as adults, we live with consequences all the time in everything we do. It's so important to teach our children that there are consequences for their behavior. It's not mean. In fact, we're seeing what a generation looks like in our 20-somethings. I think they're called the Gen Z generation that haven't really experienced consequences because parenting experts told their parents, don't give them consequences. It's mean. But without consequences, they have no barometer for behavior. They're not going to automatically choose the correct thing just because they have so much virtue because actually most virtue is learned. So we have this whole generation of adult kids They're addicted to gaming and pornography and phones and drugs, and mostly they're addicted to their own unhappiness. Because in the adult world, there are consequences, and they don't like them. There are two types of consequences, natural and imposed. Natural consequences just comes from the action or inaction. Imposed is considered a punishment for the action or inaction. I have a son who told me about a co worker that he was angry that he was getting fired for being late too often. And my son said to me, What did he expect? He's late. It was a natural consequence for not living up to the expressed expectation. If you tell your child, after a reasonable amount of time, that you'll be clearing away the breakfast dishes, and if they don't finish because they're playing or procrastinating, you're going to take the food away. They won't starve. But they might get hungry after a bit and they'll know the next time that they need to finish when you give the warning. Or if your older child asks to be on the gaming system and you let him know he has in a half an hour. Tell him it's up to him to get off in a half an hour. Or he'll lose the privilege of gaming for X number of days. Suggest he set a timer or some other way of keeping track of his time. This way, you're not responsible for his behavior. You're helping him learn to be responsible. And if he doesn't get off in a half an hour, then follow through and he doesn't get to go on the gaming system for however many days you said. Imposed consequences are more for school-age and older children. For school-age children who are expected to keep their room clean and every time you walk in it's a disaster, you could tell them that they cannot have any playtime until their room is clean. It is their responsibility to let you know when it is ready to be inspected. If a small child won't share a particular toy with a sibling, you could give them a warning that they need to share, and if not, they will not be able to play at all with that toy for a set amount of days. An imposed consequence should always be immediate. It's not a great idea to say, well, since you didn't play nicely with your sister today, you'll have to sit on the bench at the park on Thursday. Children need immediate action to their misbehavior. You know, it's kind of like dogs where they don't have a sense of time. Neither do small children. In order to learn, they need to have an immediate response. To enforce a consequence that is a few days old just makes them resentful and angry as they barely remember what they did to begin with. Consequences help children understand that there are correct ways of behavior and incorrect ways. When used sparingly, consequences are effective in helping a child make decisions. Okay, my last tip is a bonus tip. Are you ready? It's kind of a fun one, actually. And I wished I had known it when I had smaller children. But anyway, when I was teaching a few years ago, I learned of a technique that worked shockingly well. I had a class that was very noisy. And my response to get their attention was to raise my voice so it was louder, thinking, well, they just need to hear me. When in fact, I was just raising my voice and they still weren't hearing me. It didn't catch their attention. So I purchased a chime and I demonstrated with the children what should happen when they hear the chime. I told them, talk to each other right now. And I was going to strike the chime. And when they hear the chime, they should immediately stop what they're doing. Be quiet. Look at me and wait for instructions. And so we practiced it. I had them all talking to each other. And then I rang the chime twice. And they all looked up at me immediately. And I said, oh my gosh, great, great job, guys. All right, let's try that again. Talk to each other. So they talked and talked and they were just kind of waiting. And I clicked the chime twice, and again, they looked up at me, and I said, that's so perfect. Way to go. Okay, from now on, when I need your attention, I'm going to ring that chime twice. When I do, you're going to stop what you're doing and look up at me and give me your attention so I can tell you what I need. It was amazing. I never had to raise my voice again, and whenever I needed their attention, I struck the chime. It was a beautiful tone, and they all responded as I had trained them. It was lovely. When I was a little girl, we would go out and play, and when it was time for dinner, rather than shouting for me, my dad would either whistle or ring a cowbell. And it worked. Every time I heard that, I came running home immediately. There was an expectation that was communicated to me, and I followed the expectation. So try getting a chime. I got mine on Amazon. If you want to know exactly which one, <laughs> you can email me at janet at and I'll send you the link. Don't forget, the most important part is to train your children how to respond. It will reduce the yelling for sure. I hope these tips have helped. They won't magically solve all your listening issues because your kids are human And they're going to want to do what they want to do more than what you want them to do. So you will have a struggle, but it's the human struggle. Sometimes I have trouble getting my husband's attention. But the struggle will be far less than if you don't use these tools. I really just want you to know that our job is to form our children. They don't naturally know the things we sometimes think they should know. Give clear expectations consistent implementation. Pray for patience and lots of encouragement. That will clear away so many confrontations. Take care. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Thank you. Have a great week.